Nigel Ogden here, delighted to be back with you once again with a few more snippets from the archives which I hope will keep you entertained for the next half hour or so. Now, one of the many satisfying parts of my 38-plus years as presenter of The Organist Entertains was having the opportunity, on a pretty regular basis, of interviewing some of the organ world's most famous stars. And I thought that on this occasion you might enjoy a rerun of some of those chats, and of course they may be completely new to you if you didn't catch them first time round. Well, having said that, the first item we're about to hear is not actually from an interview, but features Douglas Reeve talking about the Dome in Brighton, which, of course, he was associated with for over 40 years. Well, we start with his famous signature tune, Pack Up Your Troubles, and after the chat about both the building and the organ, a superb version of Strauss's Thunder and Lightning Polka. This is Douglas Reeve at the organ of the Dome, Brighton. The Dome was built in 1803 as a stable to serve the Royal Pavilion when it was the seaside palace of King George IV. And in 1850, the Brighton Corporation acquired the Royal Pavilion estate from Queen Victoria, and the interior of the Dome was rebuilt as a concert hall, and the work was finished in 1867. Then from 1914 to 20, this building, in common with other parts of the Royal Pavilion Estate, was used as a military hospital. In 1935, the interior of the dome was again remodeled to convert it into a great concert hall with a fully raked floor and permanent fixed seating. The present seating capacity is just over 2,000, and during orchestral and choral concerts, it is possible for about 250 performers to appear on the stage. Another very important feature, of course, is the magnificent theatre organ. This is a very large four-manual organ which was built in 1935 by Messrs. Hill, Norman and Beard. And it has 356 stock keys and controls and can produce a remarkable range of music. Thank you. 
Douglas Reeve in sparkling form at the organ of the Brighton Dome. Now, Doreen Chadwick was generally acknowledged to be one of the nicest people you could wish to meet, and around the time of her 90th birthday, I went along to her home in Middleton, north of Manchester, and she told me about her early days in South Wales and how she became a professional theatre organist. There were two organs in South Wales then that that I knew of, the uh, Gaumont in Cardiff and the Castle in Merthyr Tydfil. So... My dad was an engine driver on the Great Western Railway, so I could get to Merthyr easier than to Cardiff, and it was cheaper, which was a a big thing in those days. But unfortunately, half the time he didn't turn up when I was having my lesson, so I was practising on my own all the time. Just getting used to the instrument. Getting used to it, yes, and doing what he'd given me earlier in lessons to practise, you know. Mm. But I really liked it, yes. but I, I, uh, I never felt I was going to get anywhere. There was a competition at Aberdeer, the Rex in Aberdeer, and that, that was uh, one of the first uh, electronic organs in South Wales Com- at that time, Compton Theatre, yes. Right. So um, I played on the Monday night. There was somebody up until Friday night, and whoever got the most applause was given the job. And I played on Saturday night, cause I, and I got the job. So a poor start, but that's how it was. And I earned a princely sum of £2.50, pence as it is today, but £2.10 shillings then. A week? Yeah, a week. I was put at um, Tooting Granada oh. for approximately three months. I had to listen to every other organist that came. Lloyd Thomas came, Cleaver came. all the big names on Granada at that time and I had to sit and listen. I played the introductions, you know, when the people came in and everything and in between. But but it was good. It was good training. And then I had to listen to the organist as well. So after that three months, what happened? Then they put me out onto the... um, on the circuit. Yes. Then Welling, Woolwich, Greenwich, uh, Greenford, where I lived... Harrow, of course, Wilsdon, all those places. And then I went out later on, I went to rugby.
A piece called The Phantom Brigade played there on the Gaumont Manchester Wurlitzer, with which Doreen Chadwick had a close and happy association in the 1950s and 60s. Well, I don't suppose there are many people listening who haven't heard of Leslie Speakers, most commonly but not exclusively associated with Hammond organs. Well, when we went along to the American Theatre Organ Society convention in Pasadena in 1996, it was a great delight to meet up with the inventor of those amazing devices, Don Leslie. And during our interview, he explained that it took a long time to get Hammond on board with the idea of having Leslie speakers linked with their instruments. The next thing to do was to let Hammond know that I had this thing. I felt it belonged with Hammond somehow. It so happened that Bob Mitchell was playing the bar across the street from the Hammond factory store. And the salesmen, of course, were over there many times. Yes. So I, we put the, the speaker in there, and of course it attracted the Hammond crowd. And after a couple of days I called and said, would you like to hear something I have? I can bring it down. So I took it down. They called in many organists and other people and demonstrated the, the speaker. Everyone thought it was just terrific. Uh, Paul Owsley didn't seem to be impressed. So at the end of the session, I took the speaker out and said to Paul, now, uh, this, I feel, belongs with Hammond, but if I don't hear from you within 30 days, I'm going to start making them and selling them. Uh, so the end of that story is 17 years later, they actually called me and wanted to buy my business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Man. It might be interesting to mention that I made five in my garage. <laughs> of course. And, and then sold them to Hammond dealers. And then after the five were sold, I had enough money to uh, make ten or whatever it was. Yeah. And it just built up like that right. until I kept adding dealers. Or dealers would call me and want to get in on this. And all the while, every Hammond dealer that handled this was at odds with Hammond. Hammond would threaten to take the agency away and things like that. So they would hide the speaker. And this was the best sales tool that I had, because after they <laughs> sold an organ, yes. they would whisper to the, the uh, customer, now, I want to show you something down my basement. <laughs> and so down they went, and of course they always went out with the Leslie speaker. Brilliant. And then they would even, I had some customers tell me that when they bought the Hammond organ, the salesman would say, now whatever you do, don't buy a Leslie speaker. And so they kept this thing going for me to the point where I never did have to have any sales force or do any advertising. It, the real problem was how to make enough of them to yeah, keep up with the demand. I'm sure. And, and what was the Hammond problem? I mean, simply that they hadn't thought of it? Yes. Uh, somehow, Lorenz Hammond felt that organ was his, and he said he didn't want anything like that put on his organ. He did a marvelous engineering job, and... I would certainly never say anything bad about Hammond because where would I be without Lorenz Hammond? He, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> he set me up. After a few years, the other organs that were being sold started to feel the pinch because Hammond was getting all the business because my speaker was so popular. Yeah. Wurlitzer was the first one to ask, could I make a speaker for them? Followed quickly by Kahn and Thomas, uh, and, and, Thomas and Lowry. Uh, well, they just fell into line.
part of a track featuring Eddie Rouillet on Hammond X5 playing Sylvia by the Dutch group Focus and giving an excellent demonstration of the effects produced by the Leslie Speaker. Now, one of the all-time greats in this country was the multi-talented William Davis, organist, pianist, conductor, composer and arranger, much like the legendary Sidney Torch, with whom Bill often worked during his many years as pianist on Radio 2's Friday Night is Music Night. Well, we'll be hearing more about that in due course, but firstly, Bill explains how he came to include these off-the-cuff musical variations based on the notes BBC in a broadcast on the Wurlitzer of the Trocadero Elephant and Castle in 1960. Thank you. 
Well, I tell you what happened. It, it was the first um, stereo broadcast of organs ever oh, right. by the BBC. Because if you remember, the, the proscenium march, the chambers were on either side of the proscenium march. So they had the first stereo effect there. And um, I played a selected program, which I can't remember who, I think it was Laurie Stapley, had um, organized the thing for me. And he said, you know, uh, play so-and-so and so-and-so, fine. And we had um, four minutes, five minutes left at the end. And he said, well, it would be nice if you could do something on BBC. So I said, right, well, <laughs> there we go. Yes, That's so how it uh, happened. Yes, ideal three notes. Yes, yes. it worked very yeah. well. Earliest cinema appointments for you were with Government British, were they? That's right. My first job was at Government Wolverhampton, uh, 1946. I was there for a year. And then dear old Felton Rapley came up on a tour of inspection all around the organ. He was organist. He was um, head of music, Government mm. British. We came to the government Wolverhampton and I did my little interlude in the afternoon and the phone rang him in the dressing room and I got back and the manager said, there's somebody here to see you. And I went up and it was dear old Ted Rapley and he said, no, this was a Tuesday afternoon and he said, no, I want you to start at the Gomont Finchley next Monday. <laughs> but, uh, that's how it happened. I went to the Gomont Finchley, I was there for another year uh, and then um, Gomont British and Odeon combined and John Howlett then became number one and he took me from the Gomont Finchley to the Dominion Tottenham Court Road. Right. And I did another year there. Right. And so that went on. And then uh, we all got the chop. You eventually left the world of full-time cinema organ playing, mm. obviously to concentrate more on orchestral and piano That's work right. and yes, so I, on. I joined the Hilton organisation there. Right. I was thinking about the fact that you'd left the organ, and, well, not to completely, of course, but left full-time organ playing and gone into the orchestral side. It was very much like uh, Sidney Torch did, of course. That's right. You worked with him so often on Friday night, his music night. Yes. Now, him, that must have been another great experience that to work with That was a wonderful like experience for me. Was uh, he a hard man to work for? He was a taskmaster. He didn't suffer fools gladly. But uh, luckily for me, I got on with him like a proverbial house on fire. And we were great friends. Yes. And he taught me everything I know about light music orchestration, for instance. Yes. He was a past master in arranging and orchestrations. I mean, his, his um, things, as you probably know, still played regularly on Friday night, his selections and things. And they are absolute uh, masterpieces of Super. orchestration.
Love Affair, played by William Davis's erstwhile colleague Sidney Torch on the Blackpool Opera House Wurlitzer in 1941, but so well remastered it sounds as if it could have been recorded last week. Now, talking of Blackpool, it was a huge privilege on several occasions to be able to interview the great Reginald Dixon, and I treasure some handwritten letters to me from Reg, offering me words of encouragement at the start of my own career. Well, here he is explaining how the present Tower Ballroom Wurlitzer came into being in 1934, followed by a couple of tracks from the Maestro, one from the 1930s and one from the 60s. Well, in, in those days, it's difficult to imagine now, but with no amplification, uh, with, with no sound system at all, no microphones. Um, the ballroom, of course, the acoustics of the ballroom were good. They've always been very good indeed but they were not sufficient. When you got a crowded ballroom floor, that, that organ, what was it, 10 ranks, mm. uh, was not sufficient without amplification. And then after that, I, I was moving around playing various organs, the one which is now at Thurstford, and there's one in Northampton now, isn't there? Yeah. Um, those larger instruments, I was playing those for a week. I went to Leeds for a week, I went to Newcastle for a week. And I realised that there were bigger Wurlitzers that would sound wonderful in um, in the Tower Bourne. Anyhow, we took the matter up, I took the matter up with the directors, and uh, it was said to me, well, what's wrong with what we've got? It's good enough for us, isn't it? And, but I said, well, we want to have an organ that they can hear at the end of the ballroom. They're losing step because they can't hear it. However, uh, we, we got major right up from Wurlitzers and... Um, and we got down to it, and I worked out the specification, which is, I say uh, modestly, it was my specification because it had to be used mainly for dancing, and I wanted those bright reeds and strings uh, in order to bring out the, the rhythm yeah. for, for, the, for the dancers.
original Dixon and the wedding of the painted doll at the Tower Ballroom Blackpool. And that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed hearing some British theatre organ greats chatting about various aspects of their career, and of course not forgetting Don Leslie in America. I'll be back with you on June the 9th, and I hope you'll be able to join Damon next week when he'll be bringing you his own selection of favourites. In the meantime, full details of what you've heard on this programme, plus plenty more besides, can be found on our website, www.organistencores.co.uk, or on our Facebook page, at The Organist Encores. But for now, this is Nigel Ogden saying thanks for your company, all the best, and bye-bye. (laughs) 